0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Biff Rugby League podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Rugby League. In this episode we'll be diving into the latest news and updates from the world of Rugby League, including the latest on Jack Whiteon and his impact after his transfer news today. We'll also be ta- taking a closer look at the England versus France international doubleheader and discussing what we can expect to see from all four teams. But that's not all. We'll also be discussing the structure of the Betfred Challenge Cup in both the men's and the women's game and how this competition is shaping up to be a thrilling showcase of Rugby League talent, or not. Last but not least, we'll be delving into the world of IMG and their involvement in Rugby League, but not as, as much sort of focus this week. We're going to just sort of say why we're happy with what's happened this week. Sit back, relax, and join us for the latest episode of the Biff Rugby League podcast. I'm Bradley. Toby is... Not here, he'll be back next week, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Robin Page. Robin, how are we? How's your week been?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been really good, mate. I've actually I've actually played a real-life, full-contact, 13-a-side, sa- well, it was actually a 12-a-side sa- because we do not have enough players, but a game of rugby league, so I've, I've limped my way through the weekend following it, but it was great, I had a really good time
0: i heard you made a line break but you left the ball behind honestly it was
1: it was a really nice line i ran at just a short short ball and he just fired it at me and it bounced off my forearm the inside of my of my opposite forearm and uh yeah i was through the line but yeah i didn't take the ball that is a shame I I, but I survived. That was
0: the key. I survived. You did. Your face looked an absolute mess at the end. It wasn't yeah. too bad. It was. It was. It was okay. Um. But no. If you like that introduction, by the way, you can thank ChatGPT. Uh, we ended last week with it, so I thought this week we'd start it. So it was. Uh, it was nice to get a different different intro. Shall we kick off with some of the biggest news in rugby league this week? We may as well go straight into it, shouldn't we? Why the hell not? Jack Whiten has reportedly shunned offers from the Dolphins and the Raiders to sign with the South Sydney Rabbitohs on a four year deal. Whiten was offered a record breaking $4.4 year deal to finish his career in Canberra and $4 million over four years to join Wayne Bennett's Dolphins. However, South Sydney reported a four year deal worth $900,000 a season appears to have lured Whiten to the Redfern club. It's not a surprise, he's great friends with Luttrell, he's great friends with Cody Walker. Um, it, it's really good. He wants to win a premiership, and he's he's going to go to South Sydney and win it. I I know this. It makes it seem like they've got loads of cap space because they brought him in, but apparently some of the big name players at South are happy to take a little bit. They're restructuring contracts so they're earning less money in order to bring Jackie White in because he's great friends with um, a lot of a lot of the Blues and Kangaroo stars within that squad.
1: Yeah. I mean that makes sense, doesn't it? If they've already got that chemistry and they get along well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I crazy. I I don't mean this in any disrespect, and the NRL is not something that I keep up on on a week to week basis. But I didn't think Jack Whiten was that good to be earning a record breaking deal.
0: Wait, Jack Whiten's one of the best players in the league.
1: He's, he must I have just, just, just turned is... on form in the last, like you know, the last season because.
0: I think it's because there's so many sixes and centers and fullbacks within New South Wales, and not really getting the the, the sort of you look at him as a, when he was coming in and he's trying to play in left center. He wants to be a six. He's not going to play six because there's Cody Walker and um, Luai and stuff in New South Wales. He's not necessarily going to be playing fullback because you've got to you've got Tedesca, you've got Trail, um, you got. Um, and Ponga's Pongers in there in terms of the Australia team as well. You're putting him at le- he's going at left centre with this team. Alex Johnston's um I believe the left winger. So you got he's gonna have Alex Johnston outside and he's gonna have Cody Walker as his half back. Like this is fantastic. When Cody Walker when Cody Walker's deal runs out in a year or two, he's gonna have the last two years of his deal as the six at South. And so it doesn't yeah, if planned, getting, yeah the plan the plan for him to he wants to play six but he's actually taken less money to play, to, to try and win a premiership, which I, I actually rate that. He hasn't gone for a big money move. He hasn't gone for the record deal to stay at Canberra. He clearly didn't want to stay at Canberra.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's the flip side of it. How, how did Canberra feel about that? I mean, when, when... I'm assuming that he's going to start next year. So he's got the rest of this year with the Raiders. And that, that must be awkward, going back to training. And you've just basically told the, the club that I'm, there's no matter you could offer me a record deal and i'm not going to take it because i don't think you're going to win a premiership in the next four years
0: yeah and the same to, he said the same to wayne bennett and the dolphins i mean he probably wants to work yeah. he probably does want to work under wayne bennett i mean who wouldn't right any player worth their salt would want to be coached by yeah. the, one of the greatest rugby coaches of all time but after next year it's going to be christian wolf and although he's done a great job at saints we don't know what he's going to be able to offer when he when he's got the dolphins, are the dolphins playing the way they are because of Bennett, or is it because they're a decent squad? This isn't the type yeah. of team for him to go into. This the dolphins is you don't want to, he doesn't want to be the star man. I don't think he wants to be the number one guy at, at the Raiders and the Dolphins. He's going to be that guy. Whereas there's less pressure on him at South, which is why he's taking less money. But when he's playing with Cameron Murray, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, who with Latrell and Cody they share the same manager. So getting him in there is probably not going to be that difficult. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nice
1: side that they're building actually. isn't it when when you start listing some of those names, yeah. like say that like they'll they'll probably be one of the weakest sides come Origin because basically their entire yeah. squad will be playing for New South Wales. But yeah, I I guess it, it yeah. totally makes but, sense. And that's
0: the thing, Whiten won't be because he's retired from representative football last week as well. So he won't he's not in the New South Wales picture. He's oh, okay. in, so he's he's going because he wants to win a premiership. So if when Cody Walker does get selected next year, if he decides not to retire, White will just play six for those for those five, six weeks. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna get his chances at six even with Cody there. But you look at this you look at the South team anyway, I quite like it. A number of their team, first grade squad, this week, were unwanted by their previous clubs. They've joined Souths for an opportunity on less money and they're now playing some of the best football they've ever played in their career. You're looking at Tane Milne, Isaiah Tass, Michael Cheekam, Jacob Hose, Jaime Selle and Jed Cartwright from the Warriors, Broncos, Wests, Dragons and the Panthers. They were all there in the win and made a huge contribution in the last few seasons to the clubs they were in. But they've come into this Souths team and they've started playing the best rugby they've ever had. Do you know what I mean? Like, apparently the player who's going to miss out next year at South is going to be Liam Knight who is without a contract and might have to be squeezed out in order to bring Whiten in but they don't know, they might just be able to lower a lot of what other people are on to keep Liam Knight in there
1: Yeah, it's it's, um, like Leeds Rhinos did it didn't they when they had their golden generation, a lot of those players could have earned way more elsewhere but they wanted to stay together to win and um, in American football, the New England Patriots with with Tom Brady and um, Gronkowski and yeah. all those guys, I'm pretty sure there was like a, a string of players that took pay cut cuts every year to get better so and a, you know, and become a a dominant team So when when you've got a bunch of players that all have that same mindset, you 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 you've got the chance there to create a, a like a, a bit of a legendary team, a bit of a dynasty, they call it, don't yeah. they?
0: Yeah, a bit of a dynasty at the at the South. So I think yeah. they're sort of getting back into form, which is really, really good to see. In terms of other transfers involving um, the Canberra Raiders, obviously Holly May Dodd moved um, last week. We spoke about it last week. But, um, yeah. but she's not the only one that's moved over. I am trying to see where it was now. Where did I put it?
1: We see, is it Georgia Roach has gone?
0: Yeah, Georgia Roach. And there was another one. And I can't, I'm sure there was one more. Georgia Roach has gone and maybe there was there was maybe I thought there was another one, but uh, maybe I'm wrong But yeah, Georgia Roach has definitely gone um, But she looks to be playing she looks to be playing for the England team this weekend uh, Which we'll obviously get into in a minute, but I think there's some there's some really big names moving In the world of, of rugby league moving from team to team or moving from no club to to sign with a new team moving from even rugby Union to come and play over so really really looking forward to seeing how these teams line up next season I, I really can't wait i think the NROW is going to be a massive massive competition next year well not even next year this year isn't
1: it yeah it already is but it's going to be cool to see like our girls over there yeah. um, representing england hopefully doing us
0: proud yeah really really looking forward to seeing how that works talking of england obviously 29th of april international double header england and france england this week I was, I was baffled by it, right? The club Players that are injured or suspended can't be officially with be withdrawn by clubs. They have to be withdrawn from the squad by, by England. So we're, we're going through it. And the players that have been withdrawn include Will Price, Tommy Makinson, Harry Newman, Mark Percival, Jordan Abdul, Johnny Lomax, Lewis Dodd, Chris Hill, Matty Lees, Aletsky, Alex Wormsley, Oliver Wilson, Daryl Clark and Morgan Knowles. Morgan Oz was never going to play anyway, but there's a lot of players here that I was like, okay, who's? a lot of these guys were going to start for for us last week when we went through this, and it kind of, yeah. kind of wiped that out, that last week's episode out a little bit when we spoke about it, but we're looking at it now and going, okay, the back five's pretty much set, who's who's likely to miss out here? It's probably going to be Tom Davies, I don't know, I mean, the, the 19's out now, so that. That squad of thirty six has now been whittled down to nineteen, but I, I'm I'm quite I'm still quite happy with the way this squad's looking.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it's just a good test, isn't it? We, we're going to see quite a few players
0: um, get get the debuts for England. So it's um, Fifteen and, uncapped players in this nineteen man squad. Yeah,
1: which is good. Which is good for for the. Um, it's it's a good time to do it with the World Cup being so far away. It, it expands our options, um, and to be in no disrespect to France, they they might beat us. You know, we 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 saw Great Britain lose to Papua New Guinea a couple of years ago. We we don't want to be um, overconfident, but it should make it a little bit uh, tighter of a game, which um, which will be good because this is going to be on BBC, and we want it to be an exciting, competitive clash. We don't just want it to be one-sided. But I will say this, because I bought the tickets to this game a long time ago. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit disappointed that I'm not gonna be seeing the best of the English talent in the Super League, the best of the French talent in the Super League. It's kind of not if I if this is the the teams that have been picked, I probably wouldn't have bought tickets because I'm I'm going all the way to Warrington to watch it. Do you know what I mean? And and these players and not the standout players in their teams. So in the like I went to watch Saints versus Warrington um on Thursday night and I'm probably watching a better quality game than England versus France this Saturday. Yeah. It's 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 really frustrating when we had such a good World Cup and everything was done right to sort of build us towards um prioritizing the international game to now have this setback at the first opportunity. It's just it just, it's just a shame.
0: Yeah, I was really disappointed to see that Andy Akers was dropped from the twenty from the initial 26 down to 19, which means Jez Litton and Danny Walker are going to be the hookers. I mean, if you're going to go with your as, as strong of a squad as you can with what you've got, you're going to pick Andy Akers. I'm, I'm really surprised that Jez Litton's in there. Me too. I'm really surprised that Mikey Lewis is in there because Harry Smith and George Williams are definitely both going to start. Where's is he going to be like the nine? Is he? I think Mikey Lewis here is the nineteenth man in this squad. I don't. I think like being, having him around the squad is nice for him, but it's not going to necessarily play. I think it, this squad kind of writes itself a little bit uh, in terms of who's available. I mean, you've got Jackie Wells will be at, will be at one. Matty Ashton's going to be on one wing with Josh Fulis on the other wing. Your centres are going to be uh, Jake Wardle and Toby King. Halfbacks obviously six is going to be Williams. Seven's going to be Smith. I think this means that Tyler Dupree, Tom Holroyd, James Harrison, Ethan Havard—they're going to be your five props. No, oh, sorry, your four props. That's that's kind of guaranteed. Whoever starts there, I'm not really that bothered. Second yeah. row's a bit of a touchy one. Um, Matty Nicholson, I think, should start uh, in there with uh, probably probably Ben Curry, Kai Pierce pulled, probably then drops to drops to the bench, and then, yeah, same with sort of Ethan Havard and, yeah, it's tough, really, yeah, and, as Clippers Paul, probably then just drops into, into the sort of 18th man category, if that sort of, in that sense,
1: yeah, it's, it's just frustrating, you know, I I don't, I don't want to sound disrespectful, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a bit annoyed, you know, (laughs) I just think, this team doesn't really excite me, this, this is a Super League team. This could be a team that competes in the Super League with a, a couple of stars. Don't get me wrong; they'd probably be, you know, pushing for the playoffs. They'd want to. They'd want to finish in oh, the it's, playoffs. It's a
0: strong, it's a strong Super League team, but it's not. It's, it's not an international side, is it?
1: No, and it's not a great advert. It, it kind of just shows the um, the lack of interest in the game. And and I will say this: the big the big clubs in our sport pretty much carry our sport and do a lot for our sport but to to pull out players in this fixture is pretty selfish and it's you know it's it's counterproductive to the the goals that really we should want to achieve
0: yeah i mean i know general max missed the world cup he seemed to be free and play and wasn't necessarily i know i know he picked up some knocks at the weekend apparently all the players that withdrew were either not available because of Suspension or all the injuries that were there were, were seen medically unfit to play I mean if they were playing for their clubs this weekend After them that pulled out probably would be playing because they're playing for their clubs. And that's who's contracted them uh, It's the same for the French. There's a lot of senior players unavailable for the French There's so many names yeah. in here that I just don't recognize in a French shirt And a lot of young lads there's some guys from elite one playing in there uh, Florian yeah. Valhen from Pia 13 is, is is an elite one player that's being picked there's quite a few Toulouse lads still in the squad. Uh, Romain Franco from Saint-Esteve. 13 has been picked in there. Benjamin Julien is playing at Pier 13. He's he's in the squad. Uh, Hugo Tyson, uh, Tanguy Zen and the, the young lads from Catalan are already in the French team. I know they're really, really good, but they're already in this French team. I'm, as a Halifax fan, it's it's not a knock on Halifax or Louis Jouffre because he's a fantastic player. But you're telling me there's not a better half-back in, that French te- in, in, in for France than Louis Jouffre? If he was that good, yeah. he'd be playing in Super League. Like, I, I feel yeah. like he'd be playing at a higher level. Samisoni Langi, he's only just turned French. He was he was playing for Tonga a year ago. So to me, that's it's not someone they've necessarily brought through. Tiaki Chan is here. I, I, I yeah, I, I feel like if you're going to do interna- I think the international, I think this more says more about the international game than necessarily the, the teams and the clubs. I think if we're playing international fixtures, it should be perfectly fine
1: yeah that's what we'd like to see but it's quite cool um it's quite cool that we are seeing some of those um elite one players because i think it's a competition that is a little bit um forgotten about in this country obviously it's um a slightly different it starts um in like in autumn runs through till may so is it it's um doesn't quite line up with our season and i think there's some there is some great players in there, Margascari, Tony G uh we've um seen yeah. um James Maloney playing the competition and so I think it would be it's it'd be cool if we could sort of like boost the profile of, of that a little bit because um you know, I, I would I would love to see that on T V sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think it'd, it'd be really, really good to see some Elite One being played over here or even on via play. Via play can get their hands on it yeah, 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 and get it over because they do with other sports, they've got a lot of foreign sports on via play that, that we can watch with English commentary. So it'd be really, really good to see. Um, not just, obviously, the men's team that are going to be playing this week, but obviously the women's team are going to be playing before them. Head coach Stuart Barrow has named his first, his first squad which I quite like it actually, Savannah Andrade, uh, Andrade Kira Bennett, Leah Burke, Jodie Cunningham will captain, Holly Mae Dodd will feature, by looks fit Grace Field in there, Amy Hardcastle, Zoe Harris, Shona Hoyle, Tara Jones, Vicky Molyneux, uh, Ebony Partikin, Sinead Peet, Tara Jane Stanley, Tamsin Reneef all from York as well, Georgia Roach from Leeds will probably play her last game before she heads over to the NRLW, Emily Rudge the former captain, Vicky Whitford and Olivia Wood. I mean Olivia Wood's... Um, Come on quite quickly, hasn't she, this year for York, from what I've seen. Or was she playing last year?
1: She was. I'm pretty sure that she was playing last year.
0: Pretty sure. Or is it? There's another... Maybe. I don't know. There's. Oh, yeah, it wasn't her that I was thinking of. Never mind. It was, um, They have two new debutants this week, and for some reason that name stuck in my head, but it was Chloe Smith and Jess Sharp who played for the first time this week. But, yeah, there's yeah. Se- seven call-ups, seven York players in that in that 19 women's squad. And so, yeah, which is
1: which is cool. I mean, this this um, England squad for the for the women's is is exciting. Like that is the stars of the Super League, and um, you know I'm not just saying this because I'm a York fan. I mean, it, there's uh, quite a few Saint Saint Helens players in there as well. But I'm glad that they've been allowed to play and and that the um, Women's Super League recognizes that it's it's important for the whole game to let to. You know, give your best players up to playing international games. That's where they, that's where they should aim to be. That's where the pinnacle. You know, that's where we we just heard about Jack White and wanting to go win a Premiership. Like players should be wanting to win World Cups, wanting to get international caps. That's where we should be headed.
0: Yeah, we definitely should be looking. I mean, I'm trying to find the women's team here, and I can't. I don't the French women's team here. And I can't. I'm not finding it. I don't know if you. I have got
1: it in front of me. Um, yeah. But to be honest, I. I don't really recognise any names in is there. Is I'm there pretty...
0: some Super League players in it?
1: Um, Toulouse, Esquire, Catalan. Um, oh. No, it doesn't look like there is.
0: There's a lot. That's good. I think that's good for the yeah, French team. Yeah, that is though. a pretty
1: much... I think that's an entirely French... I didn't realise that, that Catalan were called the Catalan Goddesses.
0: That's a new that's name. That's a new They weren't called
1: that last year, pretty, pretty awesome.
0: I think they were called that last year. But, I mean, like you said, if you'd have bought these tickets sooner or you'd have known that this was going to be the team, then then fair enough. I think I think this goes to show that... I mean, Sean Wayne said he's picked his England men's team on form. I don't think he has, based on... We, I mean, we spoke about it last week. I don't want to get into it too much. But there's definitely some players that, if you were to pick a... nine, If you were to take out those players that weren't available, you could have picked a 25-player squad that's stronger than this 19-player squad. And then had some had some more depth in there. I mean, Cameron Smith. How Cameron Smith's not? Why have we got three hookers in this in this 19-man squad? Sorry, why have we got three hookers in the 26-man squad when you know one of them's not going to play? And you've actually dropped the one that should be playing out of the three. The one that should be starting out of the three. When you've only got now you've only got one loose forward. We should have named three loose forwards and three hookers and dropped one of each and all dropped Morgan Knowles initially and then dropped, right, I don't know, but one of the hookers early, later on. You'd, we need to know who this, this, we know who the six and seven and the one are going to be, but we don't know if Jess Linton or Danny Walker is going to start at a nine. But they play yeah. different styles. I mean, if you've got, Danny Walker can play a loose forward because Daryl Clark shoots into that nine spot. But with Daryl Clark just kind of it
1: feels like going on, isn't there? If, if we're not, we haven't got our best players. We haven't even got in some cases, we haven't got our second best options. Like, it's kind of getting to a point where it's like, what, why are we playing this game? What is Sean Wayne really going to learn from this game that he can't see watching these players play for their respective clubs anyway? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like This it, it, it's, it isn't a very useful training exercise. It's not a very great way to sell that game. It's not going to be a spectacle. No. Like is is the biggest benefit of this week that... The majority of the Super League gets a break. It, like I think it might be the only or, or the best positive we can get, and that's quite depressing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not great. Um, I'm really looking forward to the fixtures themselves, and I really hope that England can in both games can turn France over. I think the women will will win quite comfortably. This is this is I think this is a very different France team to what the World Cup squad was.
1: Yeah, uh, I want France to win. I want France to win because. Just the way that England have gone about this, and the Super League have gone about this, I just think they—I don't nice think they deserve. See. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be—I'll be tuning I'll be, um, on the French.
0: Nice. Alle this year. allez alle les blues or alle <laughs> France for Robin. It is this weekend. Um, weekend just gone. The, um, we had the first round or the, the first group fixtures for the Women's Challenge Cup. Um, after, as as well as the the fifth round was it the fifth round draw or the fifth round uh, sixth the f- round draw? Right now. Sixth round draw, but we had the fifth round of fixtures, so we had four fixtures this weekend uh, in the men's yeah. Challenge Cup. We'll go into the men's one really quickly because it's not it's not that controversial. York beat Sheffield, Halifax beat Bradford, London beat Jewsbury, and did it was it Batley beat Batley, Keithley beat Batley, didn't they, or the other way around, or did Batley beat well, Keithley? Yeah. Badly beat Keithley. Apologies. Badly um,
1: beat Keithley.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the draw. Then the draw came out um, yesterday evening, Monday night. This, I tell you what, there's some big games in this. I think there's some tight games in this. Catalan will play, play Warrington. Uh, Cass will face Hull FC. York Knights versus London. Guaranteed one championship side in the quarterfinals. That's that's the only thing about this that isn't controversial, by the way. Uh, Halifax oh. Halifax plays and Helens at the Shea in a repeat of the 2019 semi-final. Hulk KR, i can get quite lucky they've got batley um, at home wakefield trinity will lose again as they as they welcome Lee. <laughs> um, leeds leeds Rhinos play wigan in a repeat of i believe one of the semi uh, one of the finals from a few years ago and then Salford play huddersfield in another really tight game i think there's only one i think there's only two fixtures here three for the three of these eight fixtures i think you can call a 100% either way. Saints will beat Halifax, Hull R will beat Batley, and I think Lee will beat Wakefield. The other games, I think, are quite difficult to call.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'd expect Wigan to beat Leeds as well, but they, like, the Wakefield-Lee leads Wigan, they're, they're two games that, could for me, could go either way. Yeah. Obviously, the other Super League ties, and then the two that you said before, they're, um, they're, they're a bit of a mismatch. Mm. But I mean, I, I'm intrigued to 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 find out what you think of these of this picture because we spoke before about the structure of the Challenge Cup, the fact that the Super League teams coming so late. Just bring, um, just
0: bring them in into the round, into round, into a round of for of, into a round of thirty-two.
1: Yeah, you you want them much earlier in the cup, do I, want, don't I you? want
0: them at least a round earlier. You're telling me you can't. There isn't a way to have a round of thirty-two that has. Twelve Super League teams in it. Even if you split the Super League into two groups of six, that so that six of them come in around into the round of sixteen, I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind that. I just want there to be more chance of having Super League clubs facing lower level opposition and the more chance of shocks happening. I want, if the top six of Super League, that that there should be a link between the top six teams in Super League being rewarded with a later entrance into the challenge cup they've earned they've earned a later entrance mm-hmm. so you having a round of 16 with six teams in which means the round before that has to be 20 teams which six of those are then the bottom super league teams and maybe the championship teams i don't know if that would work actually no that wouldn't work cuz that would be 20 teams wouldn't it um, yeah six so would leave be- it would have, it'd have to be, be, have to be, have to be oh. six yeah, it have to be the top eight or the top four or whatever, or the top four come in in. So what? The top four come into the round of sixteen. Yeah. So that then the, the eight are entering into the round of thirty-two.
1: Yeah, and then and then, like you say, there's a a reason to finish fourth instead of fifth.
0: Yeah, exactly. I know you're going to get into the playoffs, but if you're finishing the top four, you're probably going to get home games all the way through to the final. So the, yeah. the reward for missing out on the first round of playoffs is, and it is a, is actually a, a game less. One is in the one in the playoffs, but also two. You have a game less next year, as well. Yeah. You have, a week you have, off. You've got a week off next year where there's no games. You can just prep for whatever league games come in next. Um, uh, that's the only thing I have an issue with. I just think there needs to be a slight restructuring when the Super League teams come in. Before yeah. then, I think the League 1 teams come in at a really good time. I think the Championship clubs come in at a really nice time. Championship clubs coming in Round 4. I think they could come in Round... If you're going to bring the Super League teams in early, I think you need to bring the Championship sides in maybe back into Round 3. Maybe. And then well, League 1 and Championship both at the same time maybe in Round 3. And you let the community sides play out Round 1 and Round 2 just community sides. And then you're going to get the, yeah. best, the best of the best community sides play in League 1 sides. I mean, we looked at West Warriors this year, round one, they go and beat Scurley or Scurlout, which was a shock, by the way. No one expected that. Not even people in our division expected that to happen. They then played a team in their own league in London Chargers and beat them. And the reward for winning those two really tough games was a trip to Witness in round three. Like, that's fine. I like that. That was, I knew they weren't going to win the game against Witness. But they put London, they put London Rugby League on the map. They scored a try; they weren't expected to score for the first 15 minutes of that game. It was set for set. Then, witness put it, put it up a notch. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. What I do mind is the way the Women's Challenge Cup is run, where you've got them into groups, four groups of four, which is then split into uh, quarterfinals, from so on and so on. First weekend of fixtures. Salford Red Devils played Featherstone Rovers, 22-8 to Featherstone. Cardiff Demons only lost by 18 points to Wigan Warriors in a 38-20 fixture. But the Wigan Warriors team was slightly rotated. It wasn't a 100% full-strength team. Leeds Rhinos played Bradford in, an, in a West Yorkshire Derby. Leeds Rhinos won 72-0. Uh, Huddersfield Giants played Alton Rangers in which Huddersfield Giants came out 54-4. I'm going to skip round three because it's, it's where I think the most of the discussion is. York Valkyrie played a... a Decent team, slightly rotated, but not 100% strength against Barrow Raiders and won 44-4. And then Lee Leopards won 38-16 against Hull KR in a, in a really in a really good game at Craven Park. What I do have a problem with is, is, round, is the third, is the group three. London Broncos put out a full strength team against St. Helens and St. Helens won 76-0. Cass Tigers put out a full strength team against Warrington Wolves. Warrington Wolves won 72-0. That, that, that group there is already finished. There's, there's two. Yeah. There's yeah. two more games in that group, and that group don't matter now. Apart from who finishes first and second, that don't matter to me now. That that group's done. I'm, I'm not. I'm not bothered. The, I'm interested to watch London versus Cass to see who finishes third. I don't care about Saints and more in, in that in that cut, in that thing. I also know that Leeds are going to top group two because they're they won seventy two nil. They've got Huddersfield coming up. They're probably going to beat Huddersfield. Mm. Like it. It's it's not even. It's not fair the way these groups are. They're they're all seeded into their groups as well, so you've yeah. got York, Saints, Leeds, and Wigan are in as if are in one group. Uh, Cardiff, uh, London, Hull KR, and Alton Raiders are in another group. Salford, Bradford, Castle, and Lee in another group. There's there should it should just be sixteen teams straight knockout.
1: Yeah, I, I think so as well because um, like you say, there's no interest. But the the only thing I will say is is the issue. Is the issue the structure of the competition, or is the issue really the the mismatches, the the fact that the issue is the
0: mismatches? But I'd rather yeah, I'd rather if see the, the if mismatches these games were all
1: finishing in, with like one score apart. It would be such an exciting competition. I'd,
0: I still, yeah, it would, it would. But I think I'd rather see mismatches in a straight knockout competition.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the that yeah. You're I, right, don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't, want to see mismatches not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, I don't so want to see alton and bradford get beat by 50 points every week i don't want to see london and Cass get beat by 70 points i know they're going to play each other but i don't want to see them get beat 72 foot 6 nil twice in three weeks it's not fair on them to them to to go back into it london play three challenge cup games before the super league south season starts they could lose every single one of them 50 odd by, by more than 50 points what their morale is going to be driven into the dirt, whereas Cardiff Demons losing by 18 to Wigan Warriors, where they probably going to they might beat Salford and they might give Feather a good game because it is it is the Welsh women's team, pretty much, barring yeah. bar a handful of players from the other clubs. You've basically got Wales in there playing, so that's that's so different for them. Put them in a straight knockout competition and see how they do against the teams. Don't seed it. I don't agree with seeding in a straight knockout competition.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the other thing is, like, say if like one of those teams, um, like Casford, pulls off like an amazing upset, exactly. they're, they're probably still not going to get through. No, exactly. So, so you, you like you you just sort of like you say it's it's obvious what's going to happen. You you just make it more harder for a, for an upset, which is why we like the cup so much.
0: Yeah, already, um, by the looks of just looking at these league tables, Leeds Rhinos have got plus seventy two. Points difference: Huddersfield have got plus fifty, Saints have got plus seventy six, Warrington have got plus seventy two, and York have got plus forty. We know they're the top five teams. They're all the Super League um, Group A women Super League Group A teams, I believe. Although Wigan, we are the, uh, the fourth one of those uh, on yeah. plus on plus eighteen, and I think Warrington are in the group sort of B thing. This is crazy how it's run this way, and I, and I know it's being played as a double header at Wembley, but I want it to feel like the teams that are there fully deserve to be there they don't necessarily deserve to be there because they can beat teams in three divisions below them by 70 points that's not how you get to a challenge cup you get to a challenge cup final by beating the best teams possibly given to you at any given moment Halifax's challenge cup run now is probably the toughest it's ever been this year because they've had three clubs in their division then St Helens if, if yeah I'd Halifax have had a really good cup run but they're not going to They've make, had an but, amazing cup but, run. But they, the, they that are. but that should be a cup run that should be resulting in a quarter final. Not being knocked out in the round of 16 because that's when the Super League clubs come in. These the women's teams here are you looking at you're probably looking at Cardiff here, right? They've had a really good result against Wigan. They've only lost by four, 18 points in a game they probably weren't expecting to win. But they're bottom of their group and now for them to get out they have to beat Featherstone and Salford. Two teams that have got a lot more finances than them probably in there, and they're going to be. It's going to be tough for them if they get out of that group. Fantastic, well done to them. But if they don't, then that's not fair, necessarily fair on them. There should have been a chance for them to be further in the competition. There's going to be four games at Wembley on the 12th of August. You've got the the kids' game. You'll have the Women's Challenge Cup, the Men's Challenge Cup, and the 1895 Cup Final. is yeah. Like you want people to be interested in this final. You don't want it to be one-sided, but it is going to be interesting because it probably be with York versus Saints or Leeds versus Wigan or one of those teams that finishes first playing some playing each other because the groups are so one-sided in terms of who's playing who.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, I guess, like, at the end of the day, the, the, the gaps are bigger in the women's game. So it is really between... Um, four or five teams who's gonna get there and you you've got a bit of, of luck of the draw, who do you get in which round. So it, yeah, it's just how you it's just how you get there in it and I and I agree that this isn't um this isn't a really exciting way to sell it. But I I, I, I just want to get back back onto the men's one real quick before we move yeah, on. To I, I actually I I I'm I'm not sure this, this um Challenge Cup for me it's been quite entertaining because in the um third round we had a mixture of um championship league one and a couple of amateur clubs and and we did have um some some teams like you know like we said we saw featherstone versus halifax for example was a, a big clash yeah um, teams had chances to play uh, like siddle played against sheffield that sort of thing and then and then um like in the uh in the fourth round we had uh, a Rochdale Mayfield made it through another um amateur club we also had like York versus Sheffield a big game um Midlands versus Bradford like we had a nice mixture again and now we get into the stage where um it's really competitive And there's not many teams left and the fifth round was entirely was it entirely
0: championship Uh, yeah the fifth round was
1: entirely
0: championship so like
1: that's it's it it is it is if you look at it like if you just paint everyone based on which competition do you play in but it served up a, a good tight entertaining clash between York and Newcastle you know there was only one it.
0: one-sided game wasn't there i believe i think it was just yeah the exactly game the
1: said, halifax game and that and you know that's going to happen but really it like you would expect it to have been tighter so the draw itself served its function and now now we've got the super league clubs involved and like i i yeah. almost don't believe that these fixtures have not been set up because they are too good like the the big mismatch obviously
0: um, yeah, there's sink. one it big could... mismatch, but they, they could be they yeah. a big shock. That could be the big shock of the tie. But there's no other. It could there's be. not going Hulk to be. R- wearing, yeah, maybe Hulk out badly, but
1: but these like just because there's not going to be a miracle upset. Like we've got a chance. We've got two chances of miracle upsets at the end of the day. Um, that like yeah. any more than that, and all you're going to get is a round full of fixtures like you just read out for the women's. Yeah, and. I...
0: This is it, where like, I so I this is where I kind of agree but disagree right you, you look at the F, or look at the FA Cup for example I know there's so many more teams but there were 64 teams entered into the the FA Cup third round right of of those 64 yeah. teams only 20 were from the top division so less less than a third of those teams were from the top division okay yeah we had 1 2 I'm just going through it. One, two, three, four, five. We had five of 32 all Premier League ties in the third round. Out of 64 teams, 10, out, yeah, out of 32 ties, five were all Premier League. Imagine getting that in a round of 30. Imagine getting four in a round of 16 games, whatever, in 16 games, thing. Imagine getting four or five all Super League teams in a round of 32 that would be mental because it'd be like okay if imagine Saints get Wigan in, in the third round you know that only one of them is going to get to the next round and it's going to be harder that's going to be that's such them teams then deserve to be in the final sometimes you feel like Saints this year if, London, mm. if 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 Saints beat Halifax which they probably will and then they get drawn against one of York or London and they beat them Right, that's not exactly... They've they, they basically had two... They've basically had two buys into the semi-final. Yeah. Because they are the cut above. Whereas if but they come in early... Now,
1: that's the look of the draw. That's that's kind uh, of the appeal of the cup is that you, you might have a really good team that have a great run like Halifax, but it's just you just don't get the look of the draw. You might have a not very great team that all of a sudden just everything goes their way and you're staring down a, a semi final or a final that, like
0: I just that... like to see them have one more game before they yeah. decide. I, I think the six, I think the round of sixteen. Agree. Way too late.
1: But I just think that this round of fixtures is awesome.
0: Yeah, like, it is. It's a great
1: round Cat- of fixtures. Catalans, Warrington. There's, there's history there. Two um top top four clubs. Um, like you know, a couple of weeks ago they were the they were the two unbeaten teams in the Super League. Castle FC both staring down relegation. Um, York London, like around the same spot in the championship. Um, Halifax Saints, obviously, there's your chance of an upset. Halifax, like Halifax, That's a repeat of a semi-final. Hull KR Batley, there's your chance of an upset. Um, Wakefield Lee, two like bottom end of Super League. Obviously, Lee have like surpassed that a little bit now, but a little chance of an upset. Leeds Wigan, two massive clubs with so much history together. Um, like, obviously, Leeds, just, they just could do it. They're just a bit like that, aren't they? And then Salford-Huddersfield, again, two quite evenly matched um, teams, again, with plenty of history of each other. It, it's, like, probably one of the be- easiest draws to write, um, build up for, ever.
0: Yeah, I just hope that it does get built up properly. Because I was yeah, really, oh, yeah. I was really disappointed with the BBC's uh, coverage of Bradford versus Halifax or Halifax <laughs> versus Bradford this weekend. It was boring. Was a shame. It, was, it was it's one of the biggest games in rugby league in terms of history and rivalry and intensity. And lads were battering each other just two weeks ago, right? They were battering the hell. I know that Bradford had all them them Leeds lads come in. But that didn't that didn't take away from the spirit of the game. They just wanted to hurt each other and play good rugby league at the same time. It couldn't have been a more dull broadcast on BBC this weekend compared yeah. to what compared to what Viaplay did two week two week two Mondays ago three Mondays ago. It was it was like chalk and cheese. It yeah. was crazy. I think I think BBC need to take a long hard look at themselves. I think Sky need to take a long hard look at themselves and look at what Channel 4 and Viaplay are doing and going. Wow, we're not going to get this. We're not going to get this broadcast deal if we continue the way we're doing. The broadcast deal is up at the end of this year, and we still haven't. There hasn't been any serious discussions about what's going on next year. Hasn't been. Nothing's been passed through. Nothing's been signed off. Nothing's been discussed. Nobody knows what's going on. There is no major broadcast deal for Super League and everything next year. I think BBC have the challenge cut up and they do that really well when they have the Challenge Cup, but they need to put the effort into the earlier rounds for teams to feel like they're, they're wanted. I enjoy the fact that they're doing the games on BBC iPlayer for the lower league clubs, but once it comes to an all-championship tie between Bradford and Halifax, that should be getting BBC1, BBC2 coverage. Yeah, and, and it, Rob, I'm probably, pretty Not sure. just shoved on the iPlayer.
1: Mm, yeah, I, 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 I could rant all night about the quality of our... Um, pundits and commentators and the delivery from um sky and oftentimes the bbc i think they really do a disservice to our sport and um it it really angers me actually because i I look at other sports and i think it's so simple to do when you when you watch football it's the, the commentary it doesn't it isn't the main selling point of why you watch the sport you watch the sport and the commentators just give you the little bit of extra information that, that you need, that you can't yeah. pick up when you're there, or that you haven't spotted yourself. They don't do this thing that, some. I think it's the Australians that have started this. I think that's where we've got it from in this country. But they don't do this thing where they just constantly scream and shout over the what's going on. No. You can hear them. It's like, I must make a noise. And they start making a noise before they've even thought about what it is they're going to say so they just speak in um these like generic cliche repetitive droning nonsense and it, it really winds me up i just can see whenever there's a great try i think that the commentators have been must have been instructed to big it up to an extreme to get so excited about it so they can put that highlight on, on Twitter or TikTok or wherever yeah. and just that sound bite that's what they're all chasing for but all it all it really does is just completely distracts you from the actual skill that's going on and actually doesn't tell you anything of any value at all and so I spend most of the time watching Rugby League with the sound off because I just can't stand it
0: yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's mental. I know we haven't got long, so I, I don't want to... Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I told you I could go on and have yeah, it. Yeah, oh we'll, we will, and, we will, and I think we'll get into it more after once we know more about what the TV deal is going to look like for next year and beyond. We have to speak about yeah. IMG really quickly. We're not going to delve into loads of it. We've only got about 10 minutes or so to go because we've both got to go and do things this evening. Last Wednesday, we we mentioned it. We we spoke before it before the last podcast. It was announced that... Um, it was passed a sizable majority of eighty six percent. Most clubs had kept quiet about it. Uh, the new plans have been uh, ticked off. A few, a, a few clubs decided they weren't um, against it. Some clubs, uh, like Salford, uh, abstained initially, but in Belize confirmed they now amended their vote. Only six clubs voted against. Um, Against the calls, uh, Batley, Featherstone, Keithley, all rejected as expected. They were joined by Barrow Raiders. Whitehaven did not attend, so automatically abstained. In League One, Hunslet, Dewsbury both voted against. Um, Catalan and Toulouse were not entitled to a vote because they're guests, not members. And London scholars changed from a no to abstained. Uh, Salford... changed from an abstain to a yes and Wakefield had initially planned to reject but changed their mind and Castleford are understood to have done the same despite concerns related to the community area of the criteria. All the Super League clubs voted yes. No,
1: that's great isn't it?
0: With double votes so I think we have to look at that um, as a, as even a success.
1: Like, even those clubs at the bottom of the Super League with, that are going to struggle to stay in the Super League like um, Casper and Whitefield. Yeah. The fact that you know they've said yes yeah. fills me with a lot of hope.
0: Yeah, I, I want to go back onto something that you mentioned last week when we said that everything's been sort of agreed and it's now been put through. Um, yeah. Where was it? 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 Um, we put in. Oh, it's been it's been ticked off. Well done and i think you put result let's hope those moaning move on and, or get on board or move on and get on board Yeah, Which i think that's pretty i think that's what we should be doing right now is moving on but is what well, in terms of any of the structure that we've seen and any of the gr- criteria is there anything that you think needs like improving or anything that we need to look at a bit more deeply that's come out of it in terms of the attendance and the competition points and, and things like that because the attendances again have been growing and been really really good this this last week only had one under 5,000 I think this week
1: yeah yeah the attendances have been have been good this year um, I'm not sure I'm not sure what to change really I think um, it'd, be interest, it'd be interesting if they could run a I think they're going to do this I, I, I think they said they're going to run a, a dummy set of scores for the teams as they are right now yeah and see how it would work out it would be interesting to see what that looks like and to see how playing with those figures changes things um but i i quite liked it we went through it um back in episode an earlier episode yeah didn't yeah, we? earlier episode yeah what was it i can't remember what it was now i've got my book here i'm gonna tell you in just a second there i think and, it was
0: episode six
1: episode six well mainly,
0: mainly because it was called img break uh, criteria breakdown oh really yeah
1: well yeah,
0: I am <laughs> what episode are we on now
1: <laughs> this is episode. Uh, yeah. this is episode was, 12. This
0: was, this was six weeks ago
1: episode six it was yeah, yeah 13th of march so we went through it in in great detail there if anyone wants to hear our thoughts but um i, I i'm i'm happy with it i'd like to see how the dummies are i think the, the biggest thing that I think needs to happen to, to make sure that everyone stays on board is just they've kept like super transparent so yeah. there's, there's no question of um any anything dodgy going on any kind of favoritism any um you know fiddling with the numbers that that's the only thing that I think we need to keep the um yeah keep people um, from getting negative and you know threatening breakaways and all that garbage
0: yeah definitely something i nearly forgot um was a few law modifications are being trialed in the academy competitions from june yeah. 14th to july the 30th uh the two that stand out and the two that have been done is the legal tackle height will be reduced to below the armpit at initial contact with penalization for contact on the head and neck at any point uh kickoffs will now be taken 10 meters further forward on the opposition's 40 meter line rather than the halfway line at present to reduce the impact of ensuing collisions uh, the RFL's strategic lead for performance science and research, Professor Ben Jones of Leeds Beckett University, has been working on the tackle project since 2021, which tracks the contact, load and exposure metrics in tackles and contact play in rugby league. Over 800 players at all levels of the sport have been fitted with instrumented mouthguards, allowing the measurement of head impact and head accelerations. The head acceleration is measured on all players involved in the tackle uh, in the contact with the data showing that head acceleration is lower for both the ball carrier and tackle when contact is made with the torso as opposed to higher on the body. Uh, they've been working with a head contact working group proposed a number of rule modifications which would theoretically reduce a player's head acceleration and contact load, ex- load exposure both within a match and therefore cumulatively across a season and a player's career. The purpose of the trial. Um, Will be evaluated or the impact of the trial will be evaluated mm-hmm. through the following months allowing a recommendation to be made to the rfl board about the possible implementation of the laws modifications more widely across the port quite simply it's to try the law modifications and set ex- and assess their success in terms of the wider goal of the project um i'm really happy with that I'd, i like the fact that they've looked at it properly they're going to trial it they're going to say mm-hmm. okay well, we're going to try it here make sure it works and we're going to Lower it to the below the armpit, which means you're gonna you're not gonna get any more seat belts over the top, or you're not gonna you're not gonna get any seat belts from sort of players coming forward in that sense. If that makes it sort of coming over yeah, the shoulder yeah. and round the arm, you're gonna have to come under the armpit if you want to make a tackle that way. Um, so I'm I'm quite happy with it. I'm, I'm I still think you're gonna get a lot more rugby union players coming over to play rugby league because they can still tackle quite high.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm happy with it. Like you say, I'm happy with the method as well. Um, pretty pretty cool that rugby is using this technology to test these things out and um i mean i i I only played one game so i'm i'm not trying to um, (laughs) speak on behalf of the community gaming but it's something that you know since when i when i played as a kid all this head injury stuff um i was i was aware of it but not as much as i am now you know what i mean And, and as a as a like grown man now i care a lot more about keeping myself healthy than I did when I was a reckless teenager. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, so, the
0: there times I've been knocked out playing rugby league as a junior, Yeah. And then that's moving t- into the adult game actually less so. Um mainly because well, they're a say lot well, more and more, more, more careful about how they perfect their body protect protect themselves.
1: I think they are, but one thing that I did notice was, you know, we had um one one referee in the middle and um, you know, no no disrespect to him, he did a good job, but you can't see everything. Mm, and you can't there was a there was a lot of um you know there was a lot of contact on my head that i felt i'm not the strongest (laughs) guy so you know i mean i got i got smashed like quite a lot and there was um you know multiple times where there was forearms to the face and and stuff like that and i'm not i'm not saying that people were malicious in the other team do you know what i mean but yeah I, i do think that um in the super like Being a fan that's watched Super League Championship, NRL, for so long and and been away from the community game a little bit, I've kind of forgotten that in the Super League, you've got cameras everywhere, you've got referees, you've got touch judges, and they're highly trained and they spot all these things. So when players do it, they get penalised. And obviously, also, the players are much better trained to avoid doing it. So it's safer. But in the community game, you've got people um that aren't haven't got the same high level of um, tackle technique might be lazy might just be wanting to hurt people i'm not saying that it's like everyone does it but there are people like that and you've also got only one referee like this this guy that was doing it he was only a kid he was younger than me do you know what i mean yeah it's much harder for them to police so I'm, i'm kind of starting to think maybe it's okay if we have these slightly stricter laws in the community game about the armpits, yeah, because it's easier to police. Um, Definitely, it really it not every single tackle is going to be like that anyway. Like I just said, they're not going to spot everything, no. so I'm I'm okay with it. And um, the other thing I'll say is like I was exhausted. So I would quite happily take the kick-off from the 40-metre line because I (laughs) cannot be bothered to run (laughs) 50 metres. That's just me being silly. That's
0: just you being silly. But no, um, speaking of obviously high tackles and tackle height, that's what we have time for on the Biff Rugby League podcast this week, brought to you by Swinging Arms and Shoulder Charges. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we have enjoyed bringing you the latest news and insights from the world of rugby league. Remember, you can catch us on all major uh, podcast platforms Spotify, Amazon and Apple Podcasts. So make sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow and comment on the tweets um, and share with your fellow rugby league fans. We'd also like to take a moment to thank all of our listeners on all of the platforms for their support and engagement. Without you, this podcast wouldn't be possible. So thank you for tuning in and joining us on this journey. Until next time, keep your head up, your shoulders charged and your arms swinging. I've been Brad, that was Robin, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much.